Welcome to the Liquid Football Podcast. This is our second part of the podcasting this week. We've just done our Premier League and Champions League rundowns. And now we're going to get to all the fun segments you tune in for. Because that's what our algorithms are saying. (laughs) Fun things are fun. Fun things are fun, absolutely. And there's nothing spells out fun like stats. This is this week's Stat Attack. It's the only reason I watch football. Show me that video beforehand because I was going to contrive a stat that the answer was 480. <laughs> Bit late for that now, anyway. Yeah. So, as always, if you're not familiar, <laughs> 480, my average heart rate watching Arsenal this season. Yeah. <laughs> and 480, you, uh, the amount of shots we've conceded in one match. <laughs> and may I say, you have a lovely radiant purple to you, sir. Second, second tier Colchester. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, indeed. So, if you're not familiar, the stat attack is where I pick out five stats from Opter or Squawker, but now they both. The graphics didn't cope with Martinez's name. Then. Oh dear, that, that didn't go well. Did it? <laughs> <laughs> Mart at hyphen Nez. Yeah, someone might want to fix that. Um, although knowing them, it probably takes them half an hour to notice. Pretty much. Yeah. So I picked out five stats. I'm going to get my two uh, Arsenal colleagues here to give me what they think Woo-hoo! is the correct answer. And uh, again, I've still yet to do actual stats on Stat Attack because I think the last two times you've asked me to do it and I still haven't done it. Uh, yes, I can see it. Juventus have gone too well up. That's cool. That's great. It's the worst thing about having TV on doing the podcast. You get terribly distracted. So, are we ready for the Stat Attack, boys and girls? Let's rock and roll, baby. Let's do this. All right, question number one. This should be an easy enough one. Who became the 100th Irish, Irish player to score a Premier League goal? Your man Connolly. Yeah, I was going to say that. Going for, going for Aaron Connolly? Yeah. yeah Is the correct Yay! answer. Yeah. Woo-hoo! That's probably the only point you're going to get in this one. <coughs> <laughs> Which English footballer has never lost in the 53 games he scored in? English. Footballer who's never lost a game in the 53 he scored in. Milner. And he scored this weekend, yeah? He scored in the last two weeks, yeah. Alright. Since we last came to you. Uh, fuck yeah, I'll go with Milner as well. Is the correct answer. Yeah. Yeah. Very fuck good. Yep, yeah. uh, most of them are penalties, granted, but that's going from goals he scored at Leeds, Villa, Newcastle, City and Liverpool. So, not a bad record all the same. So, question number three of the sad attack. Which club... Has won the most penalties in the Premier League in the last four seasons. It'd be very tempting to say 
won the most. United. Won the most penalties. Not necessarily scored the most. Has earned won, won, won the won most penalties. Yeah. They're kind of renowned for getting handy penalties handed to them. Okay. United. You're going for United. Or Liverpool because he's getting a lot of penalties. Oof. City. I, I'm gonna go. Liverpool. City. Manchester City. You are both wrong. United. It's Crystal Palace. What the fuck? Crystal Palace have got 30 penalties in the last four seasons. <laughs> since they were promoted back. Oh yeah, they've 30. got Zaha, yeah. And they, had, they have seven more than the second place team, which I believe is Liverpool. All right. Yeah. But uh, actually, the penalty we just got against uh, Leicester was the first one in like six months or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so no points there, I'm afraid. Which team failed to register a shot on target in the Europa League for the first time ever? Manchester United. Yeah, Man United. Is the correct answer. Okay. Yeah. Um, their goal, their game against Azad Alkmaar was nil all and they didn't register a single shot on target. Didn't, uh, fucking Alkmaar didn't register one either. No, I, don't, I think they might have won. The whole game went yeah. without a single shot on target. Yep. AstroTurf, it's a cruel mistress. Now, so here's the deal breaker, right? So you're 3-3 at the moment. You're doing very well in this round. But your last question is, which unsavoury record does Leeds defender Gaetano Berardi hold since his debut in 2014? Has he scored the most own goals since his debut? Foul throws. The most foul throws. Mm. I I don't know. So Lucky's in then, you're going yeah. for most on goals? Yeah. You're going for most foul trolls. Yeah. I'm afraid you're both wrong. Oh. Good effort good 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 efforts though. But he's he's made the most errors leading to a shot on goal. No, no jacket, he's had the most red cards by one player in the football league. Oh. He is had he officially has the worst disciplinary record in the football league. Mm. Since his debut in Leeds, he's had seven red cards. Fucking hell. Seven red cards since he's started for Leeds. When? 2014. Jesus Christ. That's one per season. More than one per season. What's two a season? Yeah. Two, oh, two and a bit. Yeah. He took, one, se- one of those seasons, he would have gotten three red cards. Yeah, exactly. Fucking hell. <laughs> he got sent off this weekend. That's why he, he's now broken the record, basically. So that's it. That's him, like, Jesus, in that season, his third red card would have given him a five game ban. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. Because it's incremental. Mm. Three, four, yeah. Fuck me. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy, isn't it? So, guys, I'm afraid we don't have a winner for the stab attack this week. Uh, it's 3 3. Oh it's the first time you've had to have in the draw. There's a stat for you. People feel that this is all Rachel's fault. Yeah. <laughs> I, be, I'll take that. To be fair, the stab attack, this one was a fairly quick fire one. So, yeah, as far as it's fresh in the memory. So, lads, it's time for the favourite segment. It's time for the hand of God. Woo! This fella Ronaldo is a cop. I don't care what he's going to I thought he, yeah. he was fucking dreadful. Lord Lubbock, he who ran away and left his way for a young one.
Or at least my favourite jingle anyway. I, I will always love that jingle. <laughs> so, we all know our CODs going in. Who would like to offer theirs up first? I'll go with mine first because mine's quite frankly just a bit of a rant type of thing. But go I just it. We always love your rants now. I can't. This is what we're here for. I just, I just can't even... Like, why is Everton? <laughs> we, we keep asking the question every single week and we still don't know the answer. I know a number of Everton supporting fr- friends of mine... And one of them literally went with boring, predictable, error-ridden, toothless. Wow. Yeah. That's harsh. And that's, in all fairness, that's been their default setting. Yeah, in fairness, yeah. <laughs> They're terrible. I don't understand how a team can spend a quarter of a billion pounds and get worse. As I, as I think I said two weeks ago, they have spent the most money of all like clubs in England yeah, and have not won any league like, trophy. Just the level of mismanagement. Like... Slag off Man U all you want. And, of course, you're well within your rights to when it's quite funny when you do. Mm-hmm. Slag off Arsenal, yeah. It's yeah, quite a lot of it's that. deserved. Newcastle. Scores, Newcastle getting it a lot as well. But, like, ever with Everton, it's so expected that they're going to be garbage <laughs> that nobody even slags them off about it. And, and, uh, like and it's, it's, it's always the same way. They're spending money to stand still. Like, it's funny, know. you know, it reminds me, there's an arse blog with um, Taiwan Wonga, who's a Manchester United fan, hmm. and he was bemoaning the state of Manchester United. He goes, you know what's bad at Man U? Because the slagans, the insults, haven't even progressed. They're not even any imaginative. People just don't have the energy to come up with imaginative ways of slagging the team off. Mm. And I think that's just pretty much everything for the last four seasons. Yeah. Silva, like, the funny thing is, is that Silva kind of in his first season at Everton, kind of got off and, oh, he's inherited a bad team, you know, they aren't his cards that he's playing, mm. all this type of shit, which is a, a reasonable enough excuse. Well, especially with the, since the when Coleman went mad with signings, you'd exactly. make that argument, yeah, yes. Exactly. Particularly when the actor following is Ronald goddamn Coleman. And Big Sam then, of course. You know, exactly. Uh, and the two of them were clearly huffing the same fucking cocaine <laughs> cut with <laughs> ketamine. Yes. Whatever the fuck stuff they've got down there but this this team the team that he's put out the team that lost 1-0 to Burnley like that's all him yeah that's his team yeah but most of the team he didn't sign Pickford he didn't sign Pickford no he didn't there was a common signing you're right he had a very good signing actually well I at that time said that it was yes but now Pickford's starting there's lots of errors he's really lost his fist yeah yeah, definitely and that is the I, I agree with you on that front because but like, just the level of mismanagement is on a scale I've not seen before. Yeah, that's like the thing. Terrible. Yeah, they that's the huge thing for injection me. of cash, huge owner change, massive shift in culture at the club. Yes, <laughs> it's worse. It's, it's worse. Not yeah. even Spurs' level of running to stand still. They're just going backwards. This is the thing, right? Because Everton's kind of weapon against us is always the fact that we're the bigger team and therefore not the true Liverpool team. You know, so Everton's argument has always been, oh, well, we bring out the more younger players. Like, they always look turn to Wayne Rooney, for example, and say, oh, he's one of our biggest exports because he's one of our own. And they've always had tech players like that over the years. They've had the likes of your... Most recently, they've had uh, Tom Davis and John Joe Kenny. Like, those players are not at the same standard as Rooney, obviously. But they've always had that kind of, like, that outlet. They've always had players coming from... Uh, the local area basically mm-hmm. and coming into the Everton team even in the days of Moisey Moisey always like peppered his teams with Evertonian 
lads, you local know, boys, yeah. local boys, and and he was quite skilled at getting like Liverpoolians to declare for Everton. Yeah, he was. He was very I, good I know. Yeah. I've made it sound like quite as harsh as like an international declaration, mm. but that's kind of how it is on the Merseyside. It can be. Yeah, it's you very. Know, it's it's, it's fluid when you're younger, it's, and then once you're actually talented, it's between Everton or Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. And depending on what type of player you are, yeah. if you're like a like a like a metropolitan type of player, you go to Liverpool. But if you're a no nonsense graft and you go to Everton, you earn your stripes there. Yeah. You know, Carragher was an Evertonian for years until he went to Liverpool. You know, Arteta. Arteta, exactly. And funnily enough, actually, one of my Everton supporting friends was like, "And we don't even have the um, the the." Fantasy of having Arteta come back and rescue the club, yeah, because the Prittle goes to Arsenal, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> you don't even have that, like, and, that, and this is what my, my point was that Everton have over the last couple of years, ever since Mashiri has taken charge, really, since Ken Wright like let go of the club and gave it to, to Mashiri, they've lost all their identity, and now not just in the first team, I couldn't tell you a starting 11 from Everton, they've got the drop, Siggy, yeah. Like, but like, I, there's a lot of players you have to drop there, you know. Like there into, is into a volcano. Yeah. Like I couldn't tell you one starting name on that Everton team. <laughs> actually, no, here let, let's try this. Right, try <laughs> try try name an eleven. Well, uh, actually, goal, no, goalkeeper's easy enough. Is that Pickford? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Jesus Christ. Hang on. This is good. This... <laughs> I'm not even certain about that. Hang on. Let me get let me get the lineup from the Burnley game and let's see how many you get right. Just for the crack, like this is a a, a quick fire okay, quiz here. Hell. But it, it'll prove the point, though, about Everton's identity. Well, so you know, one of the sense. starters as well, because he got sent off. No, I've I forgotten that already. How could you forget that? Oh, Coleman! Yes! Coleman. Jesus Christ! <laughs> that is not hard. He's Irish, for fuck's sake. How do you not know? Um, okay, it will be. Yes. Oh, yes. Thanks, yeah. Uh, Walcott. No. No, he wouldn't have started. He, he's currently nursing a very serious concussion. Okay. Uh, start, from the, start from the defenders. Okay. I... Although, who, Walcott would have been a starter. Mm, no. No, bench. Um... Sorry, we've just seen uh, Ryan oh. Christie here. <laughs> that was Ryan Christie making a pretty bad challenge on a Livingston player. He got sent off for that, by the way. Yeah, he yeah, fucking deserved it. And then Celtic lost 2-0 to Livingston. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. They I was like, I'm not going to watch this. that. <laughs> oh. What a fucking banger! Nice one. So, so right, try and get the defenders. You have Coleman. Oh, like. Go on, try, try, try. Go on. That's it. Yelka's gone. Yes, gone. <laughs> name, name me names. Name me names. Uh, no, I don't know. Come on, come on, come on. It's it's proven the point. Yelka's gone. Who else? Who else do you know as an Everton defender? Um. No, I don't know anyone. Right, midfielders then. Sigurdsson. Yes. Or Wobie. Yes. Is Tielemans Everton? Leicester. Leicester. The other blue one. Um, I think he used to be a... Um... No. Never. Um, <laughs> Perez? No. Leicester. For fuck's sake. Um, this is a quiz in of itself. Everton or Leicester. Blue. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not only yellows and oranges that she's got issues with now. Yes. No, I don't know. Yeah, and it was one striker. Striker, uh, uh, Rick Carlson. Rick was playing as a midfielder, so oh. we'll give you that. Sure. One more striker. Striker? Yeah. Uh, uh, no? Don't no, okay, that's fine. The reason, the reason I ask you that is because even look at the bench, you have all these players that are really good names in theory. You have your Sedebis, Andre Gomez, Bernard, Moisey Ken, who they signed massive money for. Uh, 
the ones that you would have missed there were Yari Mina and Lucas Digne and Michael Keane. They all signed massive money deals with Everton. And the problem is, like, you can't even say they're a best fit for Everton because you don't know what Everton are anymore. You know, like, they're not a local team. They're not a top six team. They're not a, you know, a, a cup team. They're not a, you know, a they're giant barely, killer they're team. They're barely a team. They're barely a team. And that's the issue, is that they don't know what they're going for. And I don't think they have any points, is the issue. Like... You can't even say like Marco Silva. I think has maybe has ambitions for Europe, but like, you're not getting anywhere with this. You know, like you're out. Like you're probably gonna get knocked out in the cups early. <coughs> and much to your point, like what's the point of them? What's the real point of them? Mm-hmm. Well, the real point is defending. Since the beginning of the 2018 2019 campaign, Everton have conceded more goals from set pieces than any other side. Mm. Twenty two. And I think that they're most they're like defensive line are over six foot yeah like it's not an aerial problem it's not a, a defensive problem it, that's tactical that's like concentration it's crazy no they're just they're just they're, they're absolutely terrible like yeah and they're the thing is is that they're terrible and can't there's no way out for it there's no light at the end of the tunnel but they're going the wrong well, direction well there is point. but it, the, the, the light yeah. is actually the headlight of an oncoming train <laughs> Look, and, uh, but it's, it's going to be the same thing as like say like your Watfords is that they're just going to sign all these good players that they know are talented they'll sack, keep sacking the manager until they get it right mm-hmm. and then once that stops but they'll who sack are they again get, who are they going to get in I don't know who they'll are they going to get in that's better look they'll just get some schmuck from like Italy or Spain and here here's a Premier League team here's they all they go all out because given the uh, Usmanov connection they could go all out and try and get Wenger in I don't think so I don't think Wenger oh. would take an Everton job I really, I really don't think so. No, like, there's, like, there's no project at Everton. Is my point. There's no like graduate sure academy. No, there isn't. But there's a project. There's a, there's definitely a project. But whether it's but what is the project? Of, That's the thing. You know, survival. Would you put Wenger in for survival? Oh, fucking fly. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a tough one. Uh, I'll go yeah, f- that's just it. Like, yeah, everything is near everything for a scale of mismanagement that I have not seen before nor since. Yeah, it's uh, in the uh, mortal words of Malcolm Tucker from being the cup, they've fucked up. Yeah. So my uh, hand to cut is someone who I feel is equally fucking up on the same scale. It's Unai Emery. <laughs> yeah. So I spoke at length on this podcast about how to fix Arsenal, right? I have had at least three or four moments in the last fortnight where I'm looking at him, looking at what he's doing, and I'm thinking, he doesn't have a clue what he's doing with this Arsenal team. Like, the, the ingredients are there. There is a good Arsenal team in there, right? Like, you have two of the best strikers in the Premier League in Aubameyang and Lacazette. You have a fucking fantastic number 10. If you can get him switched on, if you can get him dialed in in Mesut Ozil, and he's not even in the team. Not on the bench, not playing, just not needed, right? And granted, you might say, okay, maybe you don't need him. But you very clearly do need him when you're playing three defensive midfielders against Manchester United. An abject he, he Manchester United. He still has the most amount of goal uh, chances. XG, goal yeah. chances for any other player in Unai Emery's um, reign as manager. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing is that, okay, you can take that gamble and say we don't need Ozil. But who you're placing with, like the trio of what was it, Xhaka, Torreira, and sorry, what, the midfield of uh, Xhaka, Torreira, and Guendouzi. Guendouzi. Okay, Guendouzi, I make the argument, but he's not a number ten. No. You know, Torreira is not a number ten. No. Ceballos, I would, I would consider, I wouldn't consider a number ten. He can play fairly competently, but he's not a natural number ten. No. If you have two he's strikers, you have two strikers of the talent of Aubameyang and Lacazette. 
you need someone to supply both of them. You can't just rely on like three semi-competent players or a lot of width, you know. I And I even look at the likes of Nicolas Pepe, for example, who looks like such a square peg at the minute. Like, I don't see... Well, I, the, the thing on Pepe is that I will defer, funnily enough, and I understand, like, I said this last the last time when mm. I said I would defer proper judgment on Emery until we actually, given how essential fullbacks and defence is to a team, until he had his first choice defence, yeah. I would sort of defer-ish any kind of judgments about him. Yeah. I mean, like, and, but in much the same, I think it's well, much more deserved Pepe, like, he like two months ago he didn't even he had not even he was watching the people that he's playing alongside on television. Mm. You know? I'd say like no, I think it's far too early. Like fucking how many people I mean we've even at Arsenal we've made comparisons. It's like Burkamp and Henri mm-hmm. didn't switch it on before this time in their respective Arsenal careers. Yeah. Now people are like, oh, you think Pepe is as good as Burkamp? No, I'm not, you fucking idiot. But the principle but is that you... Yeah. that somebody of that literally mythical talent mm. takes longer than seven weeks to click in at Arsenal. Pepe should get a little more than seven fucking weeks. I'd agree with that now, if still playing, yeah. like, Trust me, come end of the February, or come end of January, end of February-ish, in yeah. thereabouts, and he's still playing like this, then we can start talking. Mm-hmm. But right now... Far too early. Yeah, far too early. No, I, I agree with you on that one because we always have that defence about Keita as well. Yeah. And the problem with Keita is that whenever he's just about to kick in, he has a hip injury yeah, or a leg injury or something. And that's hip. that's really annoying for him because we spend a lot of money on him too. Yeah. But I can't look back at the fact that there's so much like tactical stupidity happening in that team. Mm-hmm. You know, It is infuriating that what seems like the most obvious thing to not only us watching it mm. or to the fans of other teams watching it yeah and it's like um like he brought like the substitutions that he makes substitutions are his worst problem it's just bizarre yeah like uh today he took off um Ceballos again Ceballos and everyone thought it was going to be Saka now Saka was having a great game mm. like you know what, but Ceballos was doing all the creation yeah. and was creating the chances like Saka was at the receiving end of Ceballos's creativity sort yeah. of a thing and it's just he took Saka off and it was kind of like or he took Ceballos off and mm. people were like well that's strange like yeah. why maybe he's tired maybe he doesn't have the physicality and it's like no but he like, keeps doing it like he like the reason thing. the reason you drew with Wofford we said this in the last yeah. one it's like he took him off because it was a very hot game Despite the fact that Sabayos comes from the hottest part of Spain, and not even that, but <laughs> like that's a that's a dumb excuse. We all know that, oh, but yeah, yeah, like true. tactically, it makes no sense. No. Like we when you went off when he went off against Watford, right? Look, Watford had just scored a goal. They were back in the game, and they were, their tails were up, and they were about to ch- chase. In that situation, you need someone to be able to get the ball, be composed, ah, and yeah. pass it around mm-hmm. because that's what you were doing in the first half. You were coasting around. There was no problems, and to be fair. You take a risk there against Bournemouth because Bournemouth could have seen, oh, you took your ball-playing midfielder off. Grant, we'll flood the midfield there. Yeah, yeah. If they wanted to do that. They didn't in the end. Although, granted, it was a bit do more... You, do you think Emery blames Ozil on the Wat- Watford result? Because that's the only game he's played in the Premier League. So if far. he does, he's making him into a scapegoat. Because, like, Ozil is a number 10. You know what you're going to get out of him. You're not getting defensive work rate. That's why you play a defensive midfielder with him or compensate with two. So if you're put him on the tip of a diamond. It, now I was about just about to say that. 
the best, I've said it time and time again with this Emery team, the best formation you have is a 4-4-2 diamond and a narrow diamond. Yeah. It's how he played at Sevilla. He didn't bother with it in PSG for whatever reason because egos, blah, 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 other bullshit. But his perfect team is a close quarters, four midfield, one defensive that's just there to break up play. There's your Jacket or there's your Torreira. Torreira. Right? Torreira. Jacket. It's going to be Jacket. Okay. But even just uh, Emery picking Jacket as the club captain. I was going to make that point later on as well, which I think is completely ludicrous. Um, but as I was saying, the formation is all wrong. You're doing like you're all you're chopping changing all the time. Stick to a four four two. It is your best formation. You get Lacazette, Bamiang, and Pepe Martinelli. There's your choice of four strikers. Pick and choose who you want for whichever game you need. Yeah. Or at least have like Bamiang, Lacazette as the two. Yeah. With Pepe and Martine, Martinelli on the sides. You can do four three three too. Perfectly valid. But the thing is, you have the the midfield blend is always wrong with with Arsenal because you're always trying. Oh, we have to get Willock on. It's like no, you don't. Get Tobias is your number eight. Keep him on the pitch and keep that midfield dynamo turning. Have Guendouzi doing the exact same role because constant because then they're keep going to keep passing to each other and you're facing we're facing face to face like that. There's Torreira. There's Ozil. We can keep that ball between the four of us. And oh look, here's a fullback. Here's Bellerin. Here's Tierney. Here's Kalesnak. Here's fucking Maitland Niles. We'll pass one of them and he or plays it wide or Chambers. You know, and again you have a constant supply of strikers. I can't understand with a team with like. A team that has, okay, has weaknesses in areas. Yeah. But a good coach, a good manager is able to cover over those cracks. Look at how Klopp sets up a Liverpool team, right? It's always, it's, we've been cavalier for quite a long time, but now we're a more pragmatic side. And the reason is because we bought in the likes of Fabinho and Van Dijk and Allison, a proper spine through the team. That was a tact, that was us being tactically aware of, we know our weaknesses, here's where we paper over the cracks. Yeah. We get the best in. And we changed the way we set up our style. So we're no longer about gig and pressing as such. It's about control. It's about game management. You know, you look at some of our teams, we we rarely go into proper, like, Klopp-style heavy metal football until we need to. We're up against the likes of our Barcelonas or Man Cities. We're up against smaller teams, which was our weakness. We now go into control. I don't see any of that knowledge in Emery. I don't see him doing actively what you need to do to win games. I see him essentially thinking what he thinks is the best to play and it's very abundantly clear that is not and not only does he keep failing but you keep repeating the same mistakes taking off Ceballos last season it was taking off Lacazette when he was on form yeah. breaking up his form when all you have to do is keep playing him each game and he'll score goals he is a natural goal scorer that is what he score does score more goals and win the game it's easy score like, more this points. Arsenal team is not hard to set up it's a very easy team to play for and a very, very easy team to play against at the moment because you keep making the same mistakes. And that's what's going to stop That's what's going to stop you going from third place to fourth place. It could very well cost you Champions League football if he stops fucking about with your team. He doesn't know what he's doing, plain and simple. It really it does seem like that and I would agree. Yeah. Um, and I think we've just been lucky that Aubameyang has been on such good form. Yeah, if, you didn't have a, if Aubameyang was injured, your team would be shafted right now. Yep. And again, my last point is, why do you, why on earth would you let the players pick the captain? <clears throat> why the fuck would you do that? Because the players, let's be fair, players are players. They might have a brain, but they're not like twenty years young, older than you, who should know from your management skills and your coaching ability who's mm-hmm. the most natural leader there. Like a lot of, he's very, very popular. But popular does not mean he's a good captain, though. 
He should never be I, a good... Who's popular in our fucking team? A Colo Torre. He was never our captain. Mm. You know, Nicholas Bento was never your captain during Wenger days, was he? He was never popular. But that, that's my point. Like, it's... He, like, was you la- know, he was laughed at, not with. Fair enough. But Jack could be the same thing. <laughs> like, and, and that's the problem. Like, because you have no natural but again, but leaders... Again, Jack has always been captain on every single team he's ever been on. He's the Swiss captain. Mm-hmm. He was the Mundish Gladbach captain at 22... Again, maybe it could be the same setup. But maybe he's like. He was captain of his brother when he was given the house key. When he, even though... <laughs> Which is a bollocks story. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's complete horror. I love, I love the squires calling because, like, they're just there, like, did you not get another key cut? <laughs> they're just giving him a set of keys. It's made of tita. That's natural leadership right there. Yeah, right there. I'm just saying, but there's so many very obvious things that a manager should be able to do, and he just doesn't have the brain for it. Like, if this season was going any worse, he should be out on his ear. But the fact is that you have been paving over the cracks with very good performances from the likes of, again, in the Liège game. You're actually your second side so is yeah. better than your first. Yeah. And that's very, and that tells me that, like, obviously second string is like, oh, here's all the players that have. Well, the played. second string, the second string team have Holding, Bellerin and Tierney. Yeah. Who, by the way, are only there because they're working their way into fitness. Mm-hmm. They hit 100% fitness, they're into the first team. That's fair, but my issues aren't with the defence. So then I'm acknowledging the fact that they will be better, they, they will improve that defence. Mm-hmm. My issue is midfield. Yeah. That's where my problem is uh, with It's that. almost like he's so afraid of how fragile our defence is that he's overpacking. Overcompensating. That's yeah. definitely the case, yeah. And it's just, he's not doing it in a wise way. Mm. He's just flooding it with people who will break up play and no one who will start up play. Yeah. And he's probably banging on the fact that Guendouzi's going to do a romp forward or Jack is going to do his long passing. Yeah. Or he's, he's reliant on the talent that you have there, which is great. It's it's nice to see. It's it's it's, it's nice seeing someone that... He's like, got a lot of talent there. Yeah. But he's not using it, in my view. He could, You could make that team do something so much better if you had a manager who knew what they were doing. I think he can't balance the midfield. Definitely not. He, I don't. I don't think and he can. Without, without doing that, you can't hope to control the game. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Arsenal team are built around controlling games. Yeah. That's where you have it, the bias. It is That's very strange, and the reason why he's getting so much backlash, even though that we're third and we've got all these points yeah. away, or whatever. It's a bit of a false flag at the minute. You know, it one hundred percent is. Mm. But the, one of the reasons he's getting the most stick is the fact that he, we're not playing the Arsenal way. No. And uh, we are not playing what is now being referred to as like Wenger ball, which yeah. is you know you know really nice passing. This is like really poor possession play. Yeah. Really like expecting to be caught on the break and just wanting to break up play. There's no build up of, like the only time that we've done build up of passages, we've actually have resulted in shots or mm. um, goals. That's exactly it. Like it feels like you're trying to. It's almost like you can't pick a tone. You know what kind of way? Like, you're kind of, are we playing position side football? No. Are we playing counter-attacking? No. Are we playing pressing? No. Then what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. It's it's very weird. Yeah, there's no kind of... Maybe it's keeping it fresh for other teams to try and defend against. Like, it's not like, oh, it's Arsenal. We know they're going to pass the fringe yeah, around. I can only see this that. Like, is it a case like, of being unpredictable? Which t- which Arsenal is going to show up? Is it going to be the standard Liège Arsenal? Or is it going to be Man United away Arsenal? Mm. Either way, we all we have to do is pass it a little bit more than them and we'll be grand. Basically, yeah. It seems that other teams can get from their box to our one in about four passes. Yeah. Like the, the amount of passes it yeah. takes to bypass our midfield is quite frankly like it's criminally low yeah. and it that's, should be a lot higher number than it is and that's down to not having any, enough rigidity on the pitch no it's just down to there's no balance yeah. there's no yeah. balance that's, that's my point that's what I mean yeah. I mean yeah it's just no balance yeah 
Rachel. Although the Bournemouth game today yeah. did have a bit of a bright spark in that we did press quite well. Pressed incoherently, which, you know... Probably confused Bournemouth more than against Bournemouth. At home against Bournemouth. At home against Bournemouth. But the thing is that this represented a wee bit of progress. If we did what we do today better, yeah. then that steps in the right direction. But let's say, but you have to be doing that each time. That exactly. has to be what you're exactly. playing And if, if this is the start of it, then... So be it. We'll see. We'll but see. I don't think so. I think it'll, it'll be a bit of a more of the same. Yeah, Rachel. So speaking of shoddy managers. Oh, um, what oh! a segue! Swish. That's um, good. <laughs> uh, my cod is uh, Tony Pulis, and this is going to be very short. Much um, <laughs> like him. Uh, basically, um, for dissing Gnabry. Yes. Um, a few years ago, Gnabry was struggling to get into what was then quite a solidly uh, packed out team of Arsenal midfielders. Mm. So, Tom, like so Thomas Rizicki, yeah. so Ozil, Sanchez. Like, oh my God, like, look at that team that we fucking now, had. Now, this, this is like Premier League assist record matching for us all. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peak um, yeah, and like young nineteen-year-old Gnabry was struggling to get into that side as you well fucking would. Yes. So he opted to go on loan, and he had the choice between a couple of clubs, and he ended up going choosing West Brom. Mm. Where Tony Pulis was like, "Nah, you're never gonna make it, son. Fuck off." Yeah. And um, so he didn't. He he rejected a contract at Arsenal. Gnabry did, and after. Uh, he got after that he went off to the German league and then got bought up by Bayern. Yes, I think he went. He got signed by Bayern and I think um, he got loaned at the Hoffenheim yeah. for two years and that's where he uh, got his uh, like his he bow, his bow broke basically. Yeah, uh, but Pulis in this time was still going on about like oh <clears> he's not a good player. His physicality isn't there. He was overweight, wasn't he? Oh yeah, is it? Overweight? I think he said it was his ego as well. He didn't like how yeah. it, it's again it's a very old school minded like mentality. Anyway, yeah. Fuck him, Gnabry scored four against first. I'm just saying, uh, there is there is word on the uh, grapevine that Tony Pulis might be coming back. Because um, the, Stoke, the, the Stoke City manager at the moment, Nathan Jones, is under quite a lot of pressure. Although, he actually won for the first time this week. Yeah, they won 2-1. They, they won 2-1, yeah, so the pressure's off. But The Orc army strikes again? Yes, but uh, they're still, still bottom three, though, because they're well behind the pace. Good. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. And, bye, uh, bye, bye, Felicia. Bye, bye, Felicia. The word on the street is that Pulis might be deployed to save Stoke. He might be coming back. He might lads. be deployed to save Watford. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> oh, he'll be coming. He'll be the next everything manager, lads. I'm just now it's now oh. Uh, yeah. So, lads, let's hand out your. Right, I'm gonna vote for Emery anyway. Ooh, yeah, Emery. Emery hey, it's my first card. Um, doesn't really matter, but I was gonna go for everything. Yeah. Because I have to. <laughs> I, I'm legally obliged to say everything. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I'd kind of snared you there. That to like, be fair, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you were playing the playing the card there. To be I fair, yeah. Not. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm happy to take that and think everyone's in agreement there. Not a good evening at all. So. Not a good evening. Not a good evening at all. Do you know what it is a good evening for, Neil? <gasps> it's a good evening for Var Wars. It is. <laughs>
So it's it was been a it's been a quiet match day this week for Var Wars, but it was quite an, a busy one in the last match day, match day seven. Arsenal got a goal given to them by Var. It was the Abamyang offside. Yeah. That is that does yeah, count. Yeah, it does oh, count. Okay, okay, okay. Right. But that, that counts in the same way that a shanked thirty uh, yard attempt mm-hmm. that goes into row Z somehow counts as a shot off target. Yeah, that's that's fair, I think, yeah. It's reasonable. No, it's not fair or reasonable. What's <laughs> <laughs> the point of the fucking thing? Yes. No. The the Obamian call wasn't a goal given to us, it was a fucking official's job saved. I, I'm still giving it to VAR. It was VAR approved. Yeah, that's how no, this. No, like, that's, just, this just take the point, Neil. All right, just take the point. Okay. All right. Then. Right. Good. Uh, Aston Villa had a goal given, uh, taken away from them because John McGinn's arse was offside. Mm-hmm. So bad luck there. That's what you have for having a big arse. A big arse. Yeah. yeah. Bournemouth had a goal given to them. Uh, Josh King goal was in- incorrectly ruled out for offside, but VAR said no, and a point was given to them. Computer says no. Computer says no indeed. Chelsea um, had a penalty given by VAR. It was the Jorginho penalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that gives him a point as well uh, and nothing for the rest of the teams we only had one VAR interference this match day uh-huh. and that was the one in the evening kickoff on Saturday which was the Crystal Palace uh, offside that was incorrectly given just seeing here that all top 8 trends in Ireland are Ole out Fergie Marino Solskjaer Pogba Moyes and hashtag new Mun United also trending Maguire, Lukaku, <laughs> McTominay, and hashtag Joker film. <laughs> One of those is a horrible fact and the other is the Joker film. <laughs> so, um, it is quite important because that one point for Crystal Palace means they are officially leading VAR Wars. Woo! We have a winner for VAR Wars at the moment. It is Palace. Biggest losers currently at the moment is Brighton on minus two. Villa, uh, Leicester, Man City and uh, Spurs are all on minus one. Arsenal have gone up a bit yeah, because you gained one. Chelsea as well and Bournemouth. So they're all on zero. But Palace are officially leading Bar Wars. Well done, Palace. Yes. And we move on quickly then to the P45 crew. want to speak about these last two weeks lads it's been very quiet on the uh, p45 front and this one kind of counts i guess it's not really a sacking as such and um, the millwall uh, manager neil harris resigned after a run of seven games without a win his last game in charge was a one-all draw with luton so luton officially get a, a confirmed kill uh, still no leaders in the p45 crew rankings we got blackpool fulham tranmere Leighton orient newcastle cheltenham scunthorpe and luton all with a confirmed kill but going by how the Premier League is going, I suspect there'll be quite a few killings next time we come back to you with the four P45 crew. be interesting. Indeed. So, we'll move on then to a segment we were going to have in the last podcast. We ran over time. Let's talk about the Women's Super League. Rachel, tell us about the women. Uh, Arsenal actually played decent football and are winning. Um, <laughs> which is just a welcome change from the men. <laughs> um, it's always quite refreshing to see... Uh, to see an Arsenal team doing well. Yeah, and playing well and passing well and just being class to watch. Mm. Um, 
the likes of oh, I heard a good comment being made during the week. It's like it only at Arsenal would Beth Mead look good. Because <laughs> in any other team she would look fucking unreal. Yeah. Um, but she's just in with so much talent that she hasn't really found her feet in the league just yet or mm. shooting boots as much in the league because you've got the likes of Miedema who's got on the score sheet this week we've got Miedema uh, scored goals shock yeah. horror she never, she never does that no. never it was that almost goal. like she just was a walk was like oh this is what I'm meant to do oh yeah done um, I Dima <laughs> yeah meh Dima <laughs> Uh, there's a gif of her ce- celebrating and having air quotes <laughs> at a goal where she literally just shrugs and it's just like yeah I do this I do this a lot this is, this is me I do not have any celebrations because I do this too much and I do not have the energy to make up new ones it's not like Balotelli is like oh shooting is my job why would I celebrate <laughs> and also she can't do rolls she can't tumble no we've, we've all we've all seen the videos um, but yeah no um Arsenal are, are sitting at the top of the table with a two goal goal difference. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly sure. Yeah, against Man City. Uh, yeah, um, that that's kind of really going to be the battle this season, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? no, it is. Um, I think Everton and Chelsea. Um, Everton been super this year. They so really have. Um, really Kelly is actually getting a call up to the England squad yeah. as a result of her fucking two oh goals. Oh my god! That the, fir- the goal in the first match day yeah. against Brighton. Yeah. Brilliant goal. Fucking top yeah, bins. Like, Brilliant. And then she tried it again just because, well, I was able to do it the first time, so why not again? And yeah. she fucking did it again. Oh, fantastic. Um, really yeah, no, so she's really good. Um, Everton kind of coming back into their old form. Mm. Um, they kind of disappeared off the radar for a few years, um, but have slowly been coming back into it. They got overshadowed by Liverpool, but um, something tells me that's not going to happen. <laughs> yes, we for are. A um, while. Yeah, we're, if, we're going, if we're going up the top of the table, Chelsea started well, um, still on beat, one of the three beating teams. Chelsea have been grinding out results. They have not mm. been walking it like they have in previous seasons. We were, um, we were saying that a couple of weeks ago because they had a pretty rough pre season. Yeah, no, they and they're only there. starting to kind of recover from it, really. Yeah, um, they kind of, the likes of Aaron Cuthbert and uh, Hugh Song uh, G, uh, G isn't it? G yeah. uh, is um, they haven't really found their shooting boots yeah. at all. Um, uh, just a couple of like big name players for Chelsea just haven't shown up. Like Cuthbert, uh, really, is the well, Cuthbert is, yeah. uh, as the kind of main striker for them. But yeah. Beth England has shown up for them, and she also has come up for England. She had a cracking goal. England as well, scored for England, uh, <laughs> which was. I'm not of, saying Phil Neville's not creative with his team, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally think he was like, "Oh, that one, yeah." Hmm. Does he? Should, is she declare, declare for us? Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> has she ever been in the Northwest? Yeah, Chelsea have ground out results. They've not been convincing. They have not been scoring as much as they mm. the firepower on their team sheet would suggest they would. Everton have kind of been the surprise. Uh, well, I say surprise. It's kind of they're coming into their team that kind of they've been building over the yeah, last while. Yeah, I'd say like Spurs would be the surprise there because they're currently yeah, fifth. Everton really need much of a surprise. We've given what five of their team on the England squad. Uh, th- well, it depends. Phil it kind of rotates. Yeah. <laughs> could go with anybody. It's oh, mostly right. it's mostly Man United, and Man City at this stage. Shakar. Yeah. Well, there's Greenwood, Palace, and Duggan. Hmm. Didn't they? Oh, they all went through the academy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. And bronze as well. Yeah, mm. bronze is it? Yeah. Uh, Liverpool though sitting rock bottom. Um, yeah. And uh, deservedly so. They yeah. have been horrible to watch, and I know. Um, it, it actually pains me to say, but Nifahi, 
as vice yeah. captain has given away some of the most ridiculous penalties. I think she gave away like two Jacka esque fouls. Oh, like in she, two she games. is like she is vice captain and she is kind of doing the Jacka role for you. Mm. And I really, really rate her as a player. And I really, really like. I just what is happening. Yeah. Like I feel like she's kind of desperately trying to make up for like a slip back, or uh, you know, an un. A back pass that's gone wrong and she's trying to make up for it and she's yeah. just clearing out the player and kind of it's like that it's like that thing about Juan Basaka is like oh he makes so many interceptions because he has to get and run past yeah <laughs> that's why he's so good at interceptions um you're down at the bottom of the table with, with Birmingham uh, yeah. Birmingham who it was kind of suggested when they sold all of their best players mm. bar Lucy Staniforth um you know that they were not going they didn't really replace they replaced them with youth players who were playing well yeah. the thing is Unlike Liverpool, who are losing and playing terribly, Birmingham yeah. are playing well and losing. But yeah. that's kind of the youth ex- and inexperience their team have. You've got Bristol and Brighton then following up in the last two or the next two relegation battle teams. Mm. I feel Brighton can get out of there. Um, I think Brighton be fine. I mean, Bristol, I think, will be there. I would like to think West Ham would get out of that scrap as well because they're currently mid table. Um, but I, I kind of mirror what you're saying about the Liverpool ladies. They just, I think what the problem is with us, we haven't kept up with the with the higher standards in the league. We've very much been kind of like behind the pace in terms of uh, signing these kind of like World Cup players. Like if you look at Man United, for example, they went out and signed Jesse Grinan, for example. Those are the type of signings we should have been going out to do, you know. Yeah. And we didn't really do that. We kept it quite local in a sense. We yeah, kept like, it to, I think you've put all your eggs in one basket being sweeping her. Sweeping her, yeah. And the problem is, like, if she's not scoring, then we're in trouble because she's and she, and really... She's not. She hasn't been. No. Not to be, and again, I know we, we are kind of like... We're fairly optimistic, I'd like to say, that we'd get out of that rut. But the fact that we've already faced Spurs and... We've faced Reading, Spurs and United, which is a very good start to the season, considering that like Reading are a mid-table team. You'd argue we, we'd be able to beat them. And Spurs and Man, Man United are just new into the Women's Super League. So you'd like to think that, being a mainstay in the league, we would be able to beat them. But they're like three, like two 1-0 losses and 1-2-0. Yeah, the, you know, the loss against United was kind of the big kind of deal because you were United were playing in their home venue and... Mm. Um, it was it was really being marketed as the men's kind of you know Liverpool versus Man United, where yeah. there never has been that history before. Man United have not had a women's team. Yeah, you want before. to think that both teams would be up for it, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, they they did. They had a decent crowd at it. Not a sellout, but you know, decent enough. Yeah. I think in the high two thousands, you know, but nearly three thousand people there. Yeah, in, in context, it's 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 okay for the, that team. Yeah, um, but it. It was so scrappy, like the goal, mm. um, Babajibe, Babajide, Babajide, I think, yeah, yeah, uh, Liverpool uh, winger. She was unbelievable. Yeah, and she, it was actually she had created anything that was going forward for Liverpool. She mm. created, and I commented because I was watching the match. I said to you, "It's like, oh my god, this one is unreal." Yeah, and um, she was just skilling people. She was just running. She had such great pace. But there was no one for her to target. As soon yeah. as she got past all the United players that she had to get past, she then had to cross it into an empty box mm. or Sweetman Kirk was being double marked. So it was unavailable. And that's, that's kind of the problem with us that we're not really... Um, there was no plan B. It was no. like, give it to Babajibe, get her to cross it into Sweetman Kirk and then that just never worked ever. Yeah. Uh, and then I felt really sorry because she was tracking back to defend and mm. gave a sloppy pass out of defence which then got... Uh, 
pounced on and United scored with a decent decent finish. Yeah. Like Gareth you know, James it, it, I don't think that's like, two first names, but does that count if it's a boy's last name? Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Yeah, Lauren James still counts. Yeah, it does. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, man. It's the rules. No, anyway, she had a fantastic finish. Yeah, just Um, enforce them. (laughs) But yeah, um, as an Arsenal fan, I'm pretty pretty happy with how things are going. It's about as good a start as you'd expect, really. And Tottenham has kind of been a surprising, Mm. um, you know, introduction to the league. Yeah, because they don't um, have many like they don't have many international quality, but they've just been a very good team generally, and they've yeah, been, they, and they, they've been able to eke out results as well. Their managers are um, they're, they're co-managed. There's a two two of them have the head coach and manager yeah. title. I don't know which one's which. Okay. Um, but Gemma Davison is the next Arsenal player, and it's very sad to see her play for. Mm. Uh, also, Becky Spencer in goal, but also an ex Arsenal player. So it's sad to see them play for Spurs, but. Um, they're doing well. Yeah, no, they have been doing well. I, 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 I consider them based off the league table to Grace be the surprise Maloney package. for Reading as a keeper is just like the most fantastic kind of social media rep you could ask. <laughs> she just comments on everything. She like she's just if you're listening to this and you're looking for a new Instagram follow who's just good crack. Uh, Grace Maloney, get on that. Get on that. Yeah. She's the Ireland number two keeper, but I don't think she's gonna be number two for very long. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see come Tuesday. Yeah, because uh, on that note, yeah, let's segue. talk about it, yeah. Um, we Ireland are playing in a what is said to be a sold out crowd. Yes, eight thousand, hopefully, in the beautiful Stadium. sold. Yeah, uh, or claimed. Mm. Um, when I went online to buy tickets, uh, I was only able to buy from the West End. Yeah, so um, which is always the empty one. Yeah, mm. so um, that's it's really really um. It's really wait. promising because uh, for anyone initiated, um, we lost uh, Ireland lost their manager Colin Bell, who basically wanted to develop the game on a grassroots level, but the FAI had no interest and offered him more money. He said no, and he got a better job at Huddersfield. Um, so in that, so since he left, um, we've been kind of like on a search for a new manager, and the application process has been let's just say slow. Extremely slow. Yes. So so much month, so yeah. He left. The Irish camp a month, uh, and a month later, the mm. FAI advertised on Twitter yeah. <laughs> that they are looking for someone to fill his position. This is with eight weeks to go until the Montenegro um, game. Montenegro game, which was our opening game of the Euro qualifiers, yeah. a, a competition that we one hundred percent should qualify for. Absolutely, I think which would be yeah. our first major tournament for our senior team, mm. and. Uh, not only do I think we should qualify, but I think we should be like if you know if and when we do qualify, yeah. we should do well in. I think so because like we have a fairly decent group, you know. Like, like the Montenegro game was we I think we won it we won it two nil. Yeah. Um, but we we really did boss the game. And if we really wanted to, if we were well coached and well drilled enough, awesome. we would be able to yeah. To put also, more they'll leave as well. Didn't they not advertise it until like a week before we were due to play the Yanks? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So and like, we like were, the we Yanks celebration into, tour. Yeah, we were going in to, to, the, to play the double world champions. With no coach. And yeah. now, uh, Tom. Cowley, I think it was. Uh, Conley, Conley, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He Yeah, he did a decent job, has been the assistant manager mm. for a few years. But yeah, he had, he, him, he had him playing good football, good attacking football, but there wasn't that much like desire in the team. You know? I just feel like everything was just really badly managed. Right? Yeah. And the players did what they could mm. but um, we also didn't have Denise O'Sullivan available for that tour because yeah. uh, she had club commitments 
Um, but yeah, I think we have Ukraine coming up now. This is our probably our toughest team. I was about to say, I think this is the like we have Germany in the same group, so we you know you expect... these are our main competition. Yeah. Although, considering how Germany have been playing of late. Mm. Like we definitely, they are. They are, like I'm not saying we can go out there and beat the like go over to. No, Germany we can drop points against. We yeah. can definitely get something yeah. out of it. I don't think we should go down saying, you know, oh it's Germany. Let's go out there yeah. and just try not to lose by six. Yeah. You know, I think we have a fucking decent. Like we've drawn. We do. Germany we do have before. a good team. Yeah. Like I, I, I know it's if you're not on the issue with women's football, it's kind of hard to see like what what is Ireland like in the in the context of the of the rest of the world. We're better than the men's. <laughs> I, yes, I would go with that. Yeah, like it's like it's, it's, more, a, it's a smaller sample size, but as we're as we're saying about the Scandinavian teams, they've recognised because of the smaller sample size, bam, we've been able to to corner our women's team to be better than the men's team. Yeah, we can We have the facility to do that as well because all if most if not all of our women's team are playing in the WSL. We have one or two that's playing in Syria A, and we have one in America, yeah, which are better leagues. Unfortunately, in the Bundesliga, unfortunately, and the Bundesliga as well. Unfortunately, our national teams are run by the FAI. Yeah. Well, we don't. Well, see, Delaney's gone. There could be a massive culture change. And like I said, we sold eight thousand tickets. We got. I don't say. I don't think it's a turning point just yet. But a good campaign will get people interested. But the yeah. FAI haven't run a good campaign. It's Doesn't not, need to be grand it's, not it's, grassroots. it's not the FAI that are running the advertisements no. for this. It's twenty by twenty. Yeah, which exactly. Is, uh, the can't see, can't be. Mm. Hashtag. Mm. Um, Louise Quinn came home in between. So Louise Quinn had took up an ankle knock uh, in the warm up for the Fiorentina match in Champions League, and um, as her part of her instead of recovery, like yeah. and staying in London and getting recovery, she flew home and did an entire advertising campaign mm. with um, the twenty by twenty crowd. And this is an initiative that thankfully has been backed by RTE. Yeah. No, and RTE have been great for this because they have just given the coverage. Sport Ireland backed it. Sport Ireland, yeah. yeah. That this is a Sport Ireland initiative. Yeah, th- this is what they've given the money to instead of the FAI. Yeah, they, this is basically. And, it, and it's in the right place because this team does deserve it. Yeah. They are good enough to get the, that back. These in. are world class athletes. Yeah. Denise O'Sullivan, as I've mentioned several times before, she's so good. is one of Gosh. the most amazing <sighs> no, she's footballers in the yeah. best league in the world. And more specifically as well, like these players are taking the likes of Stephanie Roach out of the team. Yeah. Granted she's struggling for fitness still. But like the, there is good young players there, like Tyler Toland for example, who played yeah. very well against Montenegro. Leanne you know, Kiernan is still only like 18, 19 exactly. herself. And there she's is, playing there's a lot of potential in this team. Yeah. And I think if, now again, this podcast will be going out by the time we've played Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. But if we have a good performance against Ukraine, that has us in a very happy place in the group. And yeah. with Vera Powell in charge now, very experienced manager, has mm-hmm. taken over, has managed a Dutch uh, team at times, was a South African coach before we, she came to us. Um, Banana she, Banana? Yeah, she knows, she knows her way around the women's team. You yeah. know she's good. You know, like it's this isn't just like random fucking like football manager generated manager here. This is someone who knows their stuff, yeah. and more more specifically, it's I wouldn't say it's not as good as Colin Bell, but depending on how we play, if we're playing a Dutch style of football, that will suit our team down to the fucking ground because at home we play we have all the ball. Yeah. yeah. You know more specifically, and we are good with the ball. 
it's like, just you, end, end, got, end finish. Like, That's what you of players who love passing the ball. Katie yeah. McCabe, our captain. Toland. Tyler Big Toland, time, yeah. who plays in a passing team. Uh, Louise Quinn at the back who yeah. loves to play out from the back and she is well capable of that yeah. because that's the way they do it at Arsenal and Man City like that's the style we've got Megan Campbell who's just back from ACL Campbell, yeah. um, who plays well. the pass note so like we're very pat like it's like it's, a, it's a very pure football team yeah. like it is it's they a very are pure fantastic team. to watch they're fun to watch mm-hmm. even when we lost to Netherlands, that like we were, we were fairly game there. Like we were, I wasn't we were game. I think we were trying to hold firm. Yeah, that didn't suit us. No, it didn't. No. But like, look, um, check it out on RT. This will be past at the time. But, yeah, like, hopefully check it you out have on, checked it out. Yeah, and it'll be all our Euro qualifiers will be on TV. Yeah. Well, so hopefully, hopefully, when you watch it, you'll see what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. and then you'll go, oh, these guys are onto something. Yeah, yeah. it's it's worth backing because we do have a good team in and the tickets are games. a fiver. Yes, it's a great deal. Like we're, I live up in Tala. I'd rather go watch that than watch the fucking League of Ireland gash. So that, that yep. shows you. If that's not an incentive, then I don't know what is. Pretty much. <laughs> so that's a uh, women's corner for now. So uh, it's time for some transfer guff, lads. <gasps> Yes, it is. Um, cue music here. Because I noticed there was a, na- there was a natural break there. So, it's a fun one. This is going to be something we were going to do two weeks ago, but we ran over time. But this is fun. I have been... Um, I found myself... We haven't ran over time this week. No, actually, we're on time for this podcast. Okay. <laughs> the other one went well over time. Um, this one I did um, based off me data mining FIFA Manager 13. For the crack. I was trying to hack in... I was trying to... Uh, see if I could actually fiddle about with it modern it but that didn't work but what I did was while I was um, while I was looking through the uh, I was looking through the teams from 2012 and I was mm-hmm. noticing oh I know that player I know that player I know that player so what I have here is this transfer golf round is a where were they then special <sighs> Christ I don't know where they are now yeah that's going to be the fun part so I have seven here a few of it you have a choice of different country uh, so feel free to pick whichever one. So for the English round, Neil, would you like A or B? Give me B. B. Right. I'm going to name favorite vitamin. So the way this works is I'm going to name the five players that were on this team five years ago, and you have to guess what the team is. Cool. So this is the English round. Kieran Clark, who now plays for Newcastle. Enda Stevens, who now plays for Sheffield United. I know this one. Callum Robinson, who plays for Sheffield United. Know. Yeah, you see, this is the fun part. You think you got it, and then, oh dear. Fabian Delph, who now plays for Man City, and Christian Benteke, who now plays for Crystal Palace. Where are all those players five years ago? Can I jump in? It's all on the one team. All on the one team, yeah. Can I jump in? Yes. Aston Villa. Yeah, I'll go with that, because Benteke and Delph came from there. I don't know where the rest of them... And that's the correct answer. Yeah. (laughs) Clark, Stevens. Oh my god, I full on knew that one. Yeah. Clark, Stevens, and Robinson were all in the reserves. Yeah. Oh, they were reserves. And Callum Robinson hadn't declared for Ireland at that point. So he's actually English in the, in the, in the game. Oh, yes. The other one for the English round was uh, Mignolet, Danny Rose, John Egan, James McLean, and Jordan Pickford. And they all came from Sunderland. Oh, 
Oh, I was gonna. Oh. Go. I would have said Southampton there. Oh, yeah. close one, yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. I would have too. The one that threw me off there was Danny Rolls because he's actually he actually came from Sunderland and oh. Spurs signed him. Yeah, how about oh. that? So French round, Rachel, A or B? <laughs> a. Okay. She will go with Gaelic A. So these all came from a league on side. Fucking hell. Matthew Debushi. Oh. Dimitri Payet. I believe Debushi's playing for. I think he's retired. I thought no. Mm. Dimitri Pirate currently playing for Marseille. Lucas Digne currently playing for Everton. Idrissa Ganagayi currently playing for PSG. And Divock Origi currently playing for Liverpool. Which team did those five players come from? Um, Nantes. Ram. Both wrong, I'm afraid. It's Lille. Fuck! Oh, I fucking knew it. Yeah, it's Lille. The one that threw me off there was Payet because he came from he was a Marseille lad. And he the signed. one that threw me off was all of them. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's, here's the one you would have got though, right? Babathemi Gomez, Dejan Lovren, Samuel Umtiti, Alex Lacazette and Anthony Martial. Leon. Yeah. Leon, bang on. Yeah. <sighs> so, Spanish round. I fucking the wrong letter, I know. <laughs> so, it's still one out. Here's your Spanish round. Fernando Llorente, currently at Napoli. Ander oh, we don't Her- get to pick a letter for this. No, it's just one choice here. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. Uh, Ander Herrera, currently playing for PSG. Eimerick Laporte, currently playing for Man City. Kepa Orisa Balaga, currently playing at Chelsea. And Iker Munien, who's still at this club. Which club is it in Spain? Sociedad. Bilbao, Atletico Bilbao. Is the right answer. Fuck yes. yes. I I'm not gonna even pretend like I actually knew. I was just. <laughs> I, I knew Aras. I knew Aras Balaga came from there, yeah. and he's like a fetus. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no yeah. other team he could have played for. Yeah, in, the, in that game he was 17. Fuck. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, so I just I, there's no other team he could have played. You wouldn't have gone for like a Monero team or something. No, like exactly. Um, Sociedad in Italy was the team that gave us Antoine Griezmann, so we know who to blame there. Yeah. 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 Should have <laughs> killed him at birth. Uh-huh. Now. The German round, no choice here, I'm afraid. So our five players are Joel Matip, currently playing for Liverpool. Christian Fuchs, somehow still playing for Leicester. Timu Puki, currently playing for North City. Pukima. Sayed Kalesnak, currently playing for Arsenal. Yeah. And Max Meyer, currently playing for Crystal Palace. Five years ago, where were these players? Ladies first. I get the feeling Neil knows the answer. Um, I do know some of these, like where they were. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if this is where they were. Five it's twenty twelve, yeah. So. Ah, twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Sorry, twenty thirteen. Thank you for it. Twenty thirteen, fourteen seasons where right, the okay. game starts on. Okay. Sorry. Um. Leverkusen. I, I know that's wrong. I know it's wrong. Schalke? Is the Schalke. correct answer. Schalke. It's Schalke. Fucking yeah. hell, I just kicked the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest surprise for me there was Pukki. Yeah. I didn't realise he came from Schalke. And then he went to Celtic, shit the bed, went back to Denmark, and then North signed up. I knew, I, knew, I didn't know the first two, but I, I knew, knew Pukki, uh, 
Tank and yeah. Meyer all came from each other. And we got Matip for free. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, we got we got fucking tank. We got yeah. tank for free. Yeah. I think both of those were actually free signings. Yeah. We remember, I remember when we got Klasenach, when we first signed Klasenach, we did a podcast. Yes. And uh, you were like joking. It's like Schalke just don't like making money. It's weird because they had Neuer. Yeah, they had Neuer. They sold Neuer for free. Yes. They sold, the only one they actually sold for money was Sané. Yeah. To City. City. We, we, we got Klasenach off them and he was in the team of the season for the Bundesliga yeah. at left back. And I could be wrong. I think they might have had Ter Stegen once upon a time. I no, actually no, that was Stuttgart. Never mind. Yeah, Ignore me. Okay, so Neil's currently winning three one. Yep. Now we move on to the Italian round. Oh fucking Italian. Right? Italian round. Sergio Romero, currently playing at Man United. Mauro Accardi. I've heard of him. <laughs> He's a second choice goalkeeper. He's actually pretty good. Oh. Mauro Accardi, currently on loan at PSG. Oh, yeah. Maxi Gomez, retired. Pedro Obiang, currently playing at West Ham. And Shokran Mustafi currently playing at Arsenal. Where were they then? Oh, yeah. Fucking Atalanta, the team you've made up earlier on. <laughs> you going with us? No, I'm not. I don't think that's a real place. It is. A, you can go there for your next summer holiday if you want. It's a real place. No, she just won't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> is she confusing that with Atlantis? Yeah. Or Atlanta in America. Like. <laughs> yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. Isn't that Emperor Nero was trying to fight the monsters from the sea? No, that, that, that's sea. Atlantis. Yeah, he was trying to fight the sea because he feared Atlantis. Yeah, there isn't, Atlanta. a, there, there isn't a fucking like, football club in Atlantis. He didn't realise that, yeah? Like, this is what I they don't... They just float the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Surely Venice FC would be that, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Just float Where did we get the sewage. Do you notice... I don't think it's where we got Mustafi from because the club he was at before we got him from. I don't even know where he Because we up. got, I think we got Mustafi from a German club. It's the club he um, was at before that. I'm just going to go with a team that I know is Italian. Yes. And I'm going to say Fiorentina. Good guess. Sampdoria. Is the correct answer. So, yeah. yeah okay. Fair. Mustafi, fun fact, um, before this was on loan with Everton. What? Yeah, yeah, he did. He was. He was at Everton. He was at wow. Everton. Yeah. He was actually came out for the youth academy there and then got swapped to Sampdoria. Yeah. I did not know that mm. at all. That's the fun thing about data mining FIFA Manager 12. Yeah. Or 13, whichever one it was. So, two more rounds left. Moving on to the Dutch round. Neil, A or B? Uh, give me B. B. Christian Eriksen. Currently at Spurs. Shit. Toby Alderweireld, currently at Spurs. Shit. Ryan Babel, currently at Galatasaray. Triple shit. Re- Jasper Sillison, currently at Valencia. And Daley Blind, who's now back at this club. Where were they then? Oh, fuck. That's going to bother me. Dutch, is it? Dutch, yeah. Wank. Fuck, I'm completely blank. Ooh, Rachel, it's your chance to steal. Totally blanked on this. Even though you've already lost. Feyenoord? No, I don't think it's them. Shit, I'm even trying to name a Dutch team. Like, <laughs> he oh, found no. his blindness, yes. Like, the other red and white team, they surely wouldn't have sent two Spurs players out. You do realise the three top teams in Holland all are red and white. I know, but like, I don't think AZ 
like Ajax is the only other one if it's not Feyenoord so which one are you going for I no Ajax or Feyenoord <laughs> you've already said Feyenoord yeah I've already said Feyenoord you're okay, looking at Feyenoord and uh, the correct answer is Ajax <laughs> <laughs> you, you fell right into his trap because he was going like I can't remember any Dutch teams and you just named all the Dutch teams I was going with, I was going to go with Ajax yeah because I, I don't believe his dad still coached there isn't it or something he uh, is like the director. Of, he was director of football, and now it's Edwin van der Sar. Oh fuck yes. yeah! Yeah. Uh, the other Dutch one was uh, PSV, and the guys there are uh, Dries Mertens, Georgina Wijnaldum, Eric Peters, Memphis Depay, and Jurgen Lacadia. They were there five years ago. Yeah. Here's the fun one: Portuguese round, A or B, Rachel. B. <laughs> Here we go. Nemanja Matic, currently at Man United. Benfica. Uh, Andre Gomez, uh, currently at Everton. It's Joe the only Cancelo. Portuguese club she knows. Though. Yeah, Joe Cancelo of Man no, City. <laughs> Victor Lindelof of Man United, or and Joe Mario at uh, Locomotive Moscow. Oh shit! Yeah, they're all fucking. Uh, they're all Benfica players. Yeah. They're all Benfica players, indeed. Yeah. yeah. So Woo! you got to you got to start with Matic. Um, the other one I had was actually much harder than that, which is Joe Moutinho, James Rodriguez, Eloquin Mangala. Nicholas Otamendi and Christian Atsu. Sporting. Porto. Oh. Mm. Yeah, how about that? So, that was a fun round I quite liked. Um, yeah, it was actually decent. Yes, you lost that 5 2, Rachel. Yes. Yeah. Spurs. You see, Spurs did, yes. Spurs, North London Derby. <laughs> exactly. So, then, after all that fun and uh, frivolity, that leads us then with our blockbuster. And our one this week is, what is the biggest fixture in the Premier League? We've just had, uh, last week we had Man United Arsenal. This week we had Manchester Newcastle. Next week, when we come back to you, we'll have Man United Liverpool. Three strong contenders there, but I'd like to hear what you think. Like, I suppose, like, City-Liverpool is kind of a big draw. Because these are probably the only two teams capable of winning the Premier League with any sort of competency. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm talking like Premier League overall, like since the start of the Premier League, not like as it were like that would be a recent fixture. It's difficult to look past the North London derby, though. Yeah, like as are like this, they're the first fixtures we looked at. Mm-hmm. It's like when are we playing the Spurs? Yeah. When do we have to go away to Shai Harley? Yeah. I, yeah. And now it's like when do we have to go to the toilet yeah. ball? Funny, the, the new toilet ball in which Serge Gnabry has scored as many goals as Harry Kane has. <laughs> I, did, I, I had that as a stat attack, but it was, I, I thought, no, nah, you, you guys are going to like that. <laughs> um, That's rock salt into the fucking wheel. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Which we will be only too happy to apply liberally. Um, <laughs> yes. The North London Derby is still one of the highest earning fixtures. Uh, Probably TV-wise. TV-wise, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and usually it's carnage, so it's fun to watch. Mm. And it is, it is unpredictable. Like as much as both teams could be playing absolutely fucking dire football as has happened this season, and it comes out with like we draw, you know. And yeah. yeah. It, and that's a good point for both teams. Yeah. Despite the fact that we know we can beat them, and despite the fact they know they can yeah. beat us. It's it's also responsible for like some incredible highs, like our four two victory over them last season. Like mm. was euphoric. Like if you could bottle that and sell it, you'd be Herbert a billionaire. Herbert just like on oh, like yeah. his first ever North London derby, scored his first ever goal. Mm. Like that's one of my or like uh, Sanya's. Yeah. Sanya's goal in the North London derby, like. He knows what I'm talking yeah. about. You probably don't know. Oh, the no, it wouldn't mean actually a League Cup North London derby, mm. which was settled by two goals by Matthew Flamini. Flamini, oh fucking one of, hell! One of them, a pharmaceutical fucking, leader. One of them, a fucking Matthew thunderbolt Flamini. of a fucking volley after the ball pretty much went into lower Earth orbit. <laughs> then he had to wait for it to drop while Loris dithered and just thumped it home. It. I went in because I was still working in my old job. I was still working at IBM. And my team, one of my other, one of my two team leads was a Spurs fan. Yeah. And to slag him off on my nameplate, I had them print out the Arsenal crest next to my name. <laughs> and he was slaggy. He was giving me shit in the League Cup. Yeah. Because we were coming up, we got, we got them drawn in the League Cup. And he was giving me shit about it. And the next morning, he was walking in. And I was like, somebody needs a flambulance. <laughs> <laughs> It was Matthew Flamini, and he, just, oh, he actually Flamini, Flamini did Flamini played one of those games. People like often looked at Flamini and went, "Why the fuck would anybody play that wild motherfucker?" Mm. And that game, that's where he why. just talk about the scruff of the neck, cut his shirt sleeves off, which he got fined for by the club. Yes, I remember that because um, he he's all had to had wear the same yeah. type of sleeves where the captain you, you, was. Yeah, the captain basically picks the, yeah. the jersey, and he does not like long sleeves. And he cuts them off. He got fined for it one time. The there was a game on Remembrance Day, so the jerseys had the poppies on them. Yes. And they were to be they were to be like raffled off, auctioned off. Right. So and he, he just wrecked and it. he'd slice the sleeves off. <laughs> and so he got fined for it. To be fair, yeah. don't add to the value. Yeah. So yeah, yeah Flamini yeah, jersey. Know, yeah. After that result, like yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so like North London Derby definitely no, like. As Arsenal fans, it's the NLD all fucking day, baby. Yeah. Mm. It's the t- it's the game where form goes out the window. And you see, everything's that's that's what has that's that's what I'm trying to mull over is that like whatever regardless of out of context, what is the most like objectively fun like Premier League? Oh, it's not fun. No, I, what I'm saying is not that like us. regardless of like the what's happening in the league, like objectively, it's always going to be a good game. It's always going to be interesting to watch. <laughs> like Merseyside derbies for a long time. I'm has finding been... uh, Manchester United quite enjoyable to watch, but in a real heavy dose of Schadenfreude. Well, I was well, <laughs> like, that's, that's why I was going. That's what's kind of my mulling over because for the longest time, Merseyside derbies have been quite drab affairs because they're actually quite nice to each other now. You know, like, there used to be a lot of blood and thunder between Liverpool and Everton, but since, like, a lot of the stuff with the Hillsborough and Everton, to their credit, have been very, very supportive of the... Oh, no, like, you, you don't, you, there's, like, there's lines you don't cross, but, like, I, I guarantee you there's not a single Evertonian that wouldn't love to get one over. But it's sporting, is my point. Uh, I it, It's at least in the in the spirit of competition. It's not like, oh, I fuck it, I, I want to go oh, and yeah, shank it. There's genuine hatred. There's genuine hatred. There's actual niggle there, you see. And... Um, over since I've been a Liverpool fan, Liverpool Chelsea has been the one fixture I've always hated 
because it's always because Chelsea have always been the in the ascendancy. Yeah. You know, like you've always had a I've always I only know Abramovich era Chelsea. Now get me wrong, when I was younger, I loved the Chelsea beforehand. Um, but that was only because of like the Zola era. Zola. That's 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 a, that was my favorite player that's when I was a back, kid. Yeah. yeah. That I know it's weird, isn't it? Zola. But, but it was the likes of like Di Matteo and all these other yeah. players. I actually, objectively, quite liked. And then obviously I you know snapped out of it and became a Liverpool fan. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I got better is what I'm trying to say. But Liverpool Chelsea was always a fixture I hated because I knew going in I was Chelsea were always going to win. You know, because uh, no matter how good we were in the league, and in any context, Chelsea were always the favourites. Yeah. Because it was always the, the Jose effect, or it was fucking Didier Drogba, who'd always come Drogba, in. Yeah, what Drogba. Fucking what a, that cunt. He's just, he was like, so good against us as well. There was one goal I remember we were playing against, and we had a great team at this time. This is like peak, like it was Reina, Mascherano. I was about to say, Agar, still at Mascherano. Mascherano Alonso level, right? And um, Drogba just like. He scores this brilliant goal, and I just I can't deny the quality of it. Chess it down, oh, turns, and volleys. Fucking smacks brilliant it. goal! One of the best goals. It was just a long ball. They just punted it forward towards him. But he was so that's he took why, it so well. That's one of the things why they suffered when they went to Torres. Yes, because they weren't able to have that brute force. Not even that, but Torres needs things on a plate. Mm. Yeah, that's why he thrives so much at Liverpool because he's such great providers, and they put the ball like exactly. He's like, no, I want it here. No, I want it here. I yeah, want... and they do that they because that's it how it was like because on the Rafa exactly, and yeah. because and also, but the thing is, you knew that if you got the ball to that point, yeah, it was in it was exactly. Really yeah, lethal. yeah, was brilliant. And but with Drogba, Drogba can feed off scraps. Mm. You can give Drogba shit, and he'll still score a hat trick. Yeah, which he did. I feel often. like like He's that's like Oba like likes yeah. things on a plate, and whereas Lacazette is more industrial. Here, just eat. He just, industrial, eat, like, just says, "Fuck it, just yeah. eat it." I've yeah. got I've got the ball to my feet. It's been fired at me. I've got a defender essentially beasting me. I'll just know? fall over, yeah. which creates this fantastic angle for me to just <laughs> yeah. pop it into the goal. Yeah, yeah. or just improvise something good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, like I the Liverpool Chelsea match. That's usually a good one to watch. It's usually a good one to watch, and I think in most contexts, it's always a good game. Um, and the one another one that comes to mind was the the season we nearly won the league, thirteen fourteen. Which where, time? <laughs> so it was thirteen fourteen. Oh, is this the Gerrard slip? The Gerrard slip, yeah. Such an iconic moment in such an iconic match because. That happened quite early on in the game, and even then, we was like, okay, no, it's fine. We have no fault. You should read the Rogers. Uh, I was article, about, I was about article, to, yeah. article on the on the Athletic about that because it goes into that. Yes, there's a quite a bit around about that, hmm. and it's it's very 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 fucking good. Because we were very it's, well. It's, it's worth it just for the yeah. Palatelli anecdote alone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. Laugh. But we were very wound up about that game because we were going like, here, listen, we're, we've we've we. This is the same season where we destroyed Man City home and away. Yeah. And it's like Coutinho, Pete Coutinho, Pete Sterling. And all these players are coming to the fruition, and Sturridge is scoring, and Suarez is scoring. He got a lot of abuse over that because, like, all he's needed was a draw, and he went for it. Yeah, but gone for the win because we were trying to prove a point. Yeah. That was it. Like Chelsea were the defending champions, and it was uh, Jose's first season back. Yeah. So, in a way, like we were, we were, we were so confident in ourselves that we could go and just kill it and just destroy everything. Problem was though, you're going up against Jose, who loves loves to be that guy. Loves to be he's the party pooper. Born that guy. He's born that way, and that's the thing. Like when you talk, when you hear him talking about Liverpool, he has such an undying respect for the heart of Liverpool because he doesn't have that same heart. <laughs> he's the he's the opposite of that. I always think of it as a kind of piece of flint. 
Yeah, like, it, and that's exactly <laughs> what it is. So, and even then, like, when um, and and the worst sucker punch of all in that game is everyone remembers the Gerard slip, but they don't remember Torres one on one with Reina. Yeah. And Torres just couldn't score. He didn't want to score, so he passed it to William. Mm. Like he literally slowed down. Like Agar and Skirtle were up for a corner, yeah. and Torres broke. Like he was gone, like full pace straight away. One up, one on one with Reina. And like William, like he was looking, like Torres kept looking back, waiting for William to come in, because yeah. he didn't want to score against us. So he passed it to William and made it one two nil. Nobody remember, remembers that heartbreaking goal because Torres didn't want to score. Yeah. He didn't want to be the guy, which is really really sad. Um, that's it. Like Liverpool Chelsea is a personal one for me. Objectively, I'm going North London Derby. I'll tell you why it's because like every single time like it doesn't if matter I, if I was in neutral that's what I'd go for yeah and, and that's what I, and that's the way I'm looking at it because I don't have a horse in this race here I'm not an Arsenal fan not a Spurs fan I like elements of both teams but I also like just like here let's just take these two and have I them the fight element, I hope the element you like from Spurs is their ability to piss themselves every now and again they're meme worthy at the moment, but I, I they're, <laughs> <laughs> but like that's the thing. Like you're able to sit down and enjoy the match and say, you know, and in the sense like nowadays it doesn't really matter to us because like I say we're not in the, we're in slightly different competitions at this stage. But at the same token, for you two, you're got you're vying for the same type of pitch of grass here. Mm-hmm. You know, you're both looking for Champions League football. You're looking for bargain rights, slightly Tottenham's day and all this stuff. And more specifically, a lot of things have happened in Northern Derby as well. He's won a league. League title at it in We've White won Hart more Lane as well. League yeah. uh, titles at White Hart Lane than mm. they've won league titles. Exactly. So there's a lot of history there, and, and again, it's still in this kind of grand age where everything Forever is. Forever in our shadow. Yeah. Like in nowadays, like We're a lot of like. red. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of the, a lot of the fixtures that were really important back in the day, like United you know, yeah. Newcastle, United you know, Arsenal, United you know, Chelsea had even put in that category. Mm-hmm. They're all in the ween now. But matches like. Arsenal and, and Spurs are always going to have beef. Yeah, form goes at the window. Yeah. yeah. And actually, more recently, I'd say it's Chelsea Spurs or um, Chelsea Man City, I think, has a lot of niggle in between them. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of the racial aspects to it from the Chelsea fans and so forth. But um, even still, like that's a very recent blip because yeah. they're two very good teams. And even then, like I don't think it's going to be that bad this season. Yeah, sure, well, sure. It, has to know, be the, it has to be the derby because the biggest piece of... Uh, sports history they have is their rivalry with us yeah <laughs> but, and, but I, I would have made the same case for the Merseyside Derby but to be fair there's just not that much like and also you, you, you've got it you've got it it's like having a derby against a piece of furniture mm, yeah that's why, the thing like, why is Everton it's never no they're always quite even games because Everton always try and defend they always defend quite well against us but we always still contrive to win at least with North London Derby it always feels like a 50-50 okay. game Especially you know, when you've got Granite Jacket handing penalties out. Even still, yeah, exactly, yeah. So it's that coin, baby. Yeah, so, and and like I said, you'll tune in regardless because something will happen. Yeah, it's gonna be a stupid penalty given away by Jacket, mm. or it's gonna be fucking Harry Kane scoring yeah. because we've just handed a goal to him on a plate, yeah. and then some other random Arsenal player who's never scored before in their life decides to score in the North London derby, like Torreira first ever goal for the club yeah is in the North London fucking derby Nicholas Bender scored one one time didn't he yeah, yeah. he did yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even still like, like the even the Ali Bayor goal when oh, he scored against yeah. us and did the fucking lap down the pitch and that, was against Man- that was him when he was playing for Man City wasn't it no he did that with Spurs was as well was Spurs as well yeah. fucking he hell, did that for uh, underage at Sherwood what a, what a shithouse yeah, yeah. anyway Exciting well there you have it so happen. we're going with North, it's the unanimous North London Derby is the biggest fixture in the Premier League NLD baby yes so 
Thank you very much if you've uh, enjoyed both podcasts like we have tonight. Um, it's been fun, anyway. So, if you want, by all means, get in touch with us on our social media at Monday Madness. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch such fantastic videos as our Drink and Play series, um, Paula Cthulhu, Sierra Quest, those are all things that come recently up. If you're into top 100 games, we have a list that we're currently going through there, so by all means, tune in. And you can see me having absolute mental breakdowns playing good games and bad games. Yes, because that is her gimmick. <laughs> so, yes. uh, with, that in, with that being said, then, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll see you again in two weeks' time for the exact same setup, the rundown and our other podcast. Uh, but until then, folks, I have been Jonathan. Neil's gone to the Jacks. Right I'm still here. here. Yes. But also, I'm going. Bye!